Hello, friends, and welcome into another episode of March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. What did we learn from Bobby Williams when he went on the Bearcat Sports Network podcast last week? Baseball season is just around the, the corner, and we've got a little bit of everything that we're going to just throw at you. So get your listening ears on. We don't have time to play. We got a lot of info. We need you focused. All right. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channel, at Corey Hogue Sports. That's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E, sports. And if you search for me and can't find me, check the E. It doesn't go between the R and the Y. It goes at the end of the name. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU, also one word, pretty easy to remember, Sports of SHSU. He's on Twitter and Instagram. He's also the Chief Operating Officer of the Cat Fund. He is an alum of Sam Houston. I got to – well, hold on. I'm going to ask you first, Ben. Are you you an alum of Sam Houston or are you an alum of Sam Houston State? Uh, I'm an alum of the university, so Sam Houston State. So athletics, Sam Houston University as a whole will add the state. So I'm an alum of Sam Houston State. I just never add the state. That would be correct based on this being an athletics podcast. Same thing with Tarleton. Like, Tarleton was like, we don't want to be state anymore. And I was like, all right. Didn't Nichols do the same thing too? Nichols has done the same. There's a lot of them that have done the same thing. But, you know, what they should have been doing was calling to get some roofing quotes from our friends over at uh, Eternal Roofing, Ben. Those guys, they do a great job. And it's important, Ben, because right now, They can give you free, detailed roof inspections. Why is that so important? You live in the state of Texas, and you're coming up on springtime. You need to make sure your roof is in order, Ben. Have you you given them a call yet? I haven't because, thankfully, I live in an apartment. But if I was in a house, that would be the first place I'd be calling, that's for sure. They should be the first place that everyone calls. You should just you have you uh, suggested them to your apartment complex yet? Uh, yes, I have actually. I have there you go. I brought it up to some friends actually. That's how we grow the brand for Taylor too, right? We're all about that. And, and hey, you also, if you're listening, you can also let your friends know about Eternal Roofing and what they're going to provide you. They're going to use the highest quality stuff. They can also do general contracting, which we'll get into here a little bit later. But if you want to get a hold of them, here's some numbers to call. Hill Country, area code 830-251-5673. You can also call area code 936-215-8539. Or just email Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. Give them a shout there. Okay, Ben, I'm going to uh, – I, I have – I have a mission today, and my mission is to not get fired. You've done a good job so far. Yeah, well, now's where the hard part is, because now, you know, we're going to get into talking about some things, and, you know, there's some things I'm just not allowed to throw out sometimes. But anyway, speaking of that, Bobby Williams recently had a podcast (laughs) on the Bearcat Sports Network, and he gave a lot of a lot of information over that 34-minute podcast. 
Uh, and in that uh, about a half hour that that uh, they that Barfield just uh, his first name Jason Barfield. Jason Barfield. I knew it was a J. That Jason Barfield interviewed Bobby Williams. He did a great job as always. And Bobby gave us some good stuff. Ben, I'm curious. You and I both listened to it. What did you pick up from that conversation? Yeah, I think. I mean, this is probably the fourth or fifth different podcast we've had that's been talking about facilities and football and moving up and all that kind of stuff and stadium and. This has probably been the most positive one that we've heard of so far. It sounds like there's kind of a game plan now. It's kind of, this is, it's not, this is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. Um, and everything that he said is what I've heard too. So I think for the first time, it's um, kind of a positive direction to kind of have a timeline and um, what some people are really wanting, which is track out uh, new turf, um, start renovations on stadiums. We're starting to get some of that and figuring out what that timeline looks like. So, um, the timeline isn't what a lot of people have wanted, and I think we all know that, but I think for the first time there might be some positive momentum when it comes to kind of these stadium renovations. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, look, if you want – if you're getting upset that it's not happening faster, go raise the money for them. You know, that, that's really what it comes down to because that, that's a lot of what delays this stuff. But they he did also um, announce – that they will play games at Bowers during the construction. He made that official. Uh, were there any concerns about the safety of, you know, some of the fans? And then also logistics, you've got uh, your, you know, you got your stats crew and you've got all those people you got up somewhere in the press box. Uh, how much of that stuff was or is a concern for them? I think it was a big concern, and I think that's why the idea of playing somewhere else for an entire season was brought up was because that was such a big concern. But it sounds like, and I know he mentioned there might be some temporary structures. They might be only working on part of the stadium and leaving some of it up. So um, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but I know it was definitely something considered. Um, And it was even something you had to consider um, with giving the football team a place to practice. I mean, if you're tearing down an entire stadium, um, they could probably practice, but you never know. So. Sounds like they've kind of figured that out, figured out a way to play at the stadium, play through renovations, practice through renovations, which I think is a good thing. Um, but it was definitely a hot topic there for about a year. All right. I know I'm going to sound, uh, I don't know, weird into maybe, but I don't understand why the Bearcats practice on in Bowers. You know, I, I mean, a lot of D3 – D2s and D3s have their own practice facilities separate. Is that something that, that could be in the works, or is that, that just on hold while they try to get everything else up to par? Yeah, a practice facility is definitely in the long-term plan. Um, I know the, I think it was five-year, 10-year plan through 2030 um, was released back uh, last summer, and there was a practice facility in there. So, And it was kind of in the latter stages of that five- or 10-year plan. So. Um, that's where they're going to be practicing for the foreseeable future. That's what they've always done, but would be really nice to get an indoor, especially with how hot it is. So hopefully once the stadium's done in, in the next year or two, maybe we can start moving on a, uh, on a practice facility because I mean, it can't be that hard to put up a, a practice facility. I mean, I mean, they're, they're not that hard to build. Just, just build a tent almost. <laughs> but worst case scenario it don't even have to be indoors. Most of them are they're outdoors. You know, I, I get it. It gets hot. 
it gets cold. You play in the hot, you play in the cold. I can understand the the I understand the need for an indoor practice facility, especially during the off season. I also understand the people that are, you know, I don't why back in my day we practiced outside. That's fine. I the the point is you are putting a wear and tear on that turf that I think over the long term makes that more expensive for the school to not have practice on another at another place, at another location. Yeah, that's definitely one end of it. And, I mean, the elements part, not having an indoor, comes into play also. I mean, a couple of years ago when it snowed, you couldn't practice for a couple of days. When it rains really hard or thunders, you can't really practice. Um, so, I mean, you add that element in too. So, um, ben, it's kind of twofold. Ben, let's be honest. If it snows in the state of Texas, you an indoor facility ain't going to mean you're going to practice. Ain't nobody going to be able to get there. They ain't going to be able to drive. They ain't going to be able to walk, man. You just shut down if it's snow, man. Yeah, that's what happened in 2020. Um, I think, yeah, it was 2020, and the snow happened, I think, a week before the season opener was scheduled to be, and they moved the, moved the games back a week. But I guess we'll just talk about the uh, the rain and thunder and lightning and all that. Hey, look now. Now, lightning delays is a real thing. You know that that's something that I could understand needing uh, indoors, or you know, especially when you're talking about practice, you only get so much time. Having an indoor facility, if it's lightning, that's a that's one. Look, there's you a selling point. Enough of all that jazz. What else did we learn from Bobby? Because he talked about a lot of the a lot of the sports in that. Yeah, it wasn't just football. There were a couple other sports in there as well. I think you got to start with softball. We've been hearing about turf renovations for a while. It sounds like that is officially going to happen after um, this upcoming softball season in 24, so that's a good sign. Uh, moving over across the street to tennis, it sounds like the tennis facility is scheduled to be finished around April, which is good, which is right on time. Um, that's a really positive sign to see that's moving along and um, you can actually see the progress on that. I, I've driven by it a few times, and it is coming along really well. So that's a positive. And then moving to Johnson Coliseum, got some new uh, news about um, some re- possible renovations there. Uh, for a while, it was kind of difficult to figure out how you're going to hang a, a center scoreboard with uh, the weight. Um, the roof couldn't really handle a ton of weight, but it sounds like with the way technology has progressed, things have gotten a lot lighter with scoreboards, so they're able to possibly hang a center scoreboard in a year or two, which is a really good sign. And then the last one, it sounds like we might be a year away from some floor seating and some seating behind the benches. That Hey, look, floor seating, seating behind the benches, that, that is all great. But, I, man, I started laughing when he said that about the scoreboard and, and technology. It just – it had a real funny appeal to me for some reason. But – the way he mentioned that technology, it was a little bit of a surprise that that technology has advanced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I did have I did have a coach yesterday uh, explain to me that I should have emailed, and I I was like, Coach, I don't email hardly anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Emails for corporate people, Coach. <laughs> not in corporate, not Corey, right? That's right, corporate, not Corey. That's right. So when he said that about technology, I did like because it's all a lot of it was the weight, you know, the external weight of the speakers, right? I, I get that, but dude, audio system, you can put that crud anywhere in the basketball arena; it don't have to be on the center scoreboard. 
Yeah, and I mean, I know it's an old building, but you got to figure out a way to get some center center hanging scoreboards because um, there's one in the arena right now, and it's not very big. And obviously, you want to upgrade that. So finding a way to do it is good, even if it is technology that's helping you out. I don't care how we do it as long as it gets up there. Look, it's it's not always about the size, Ben. Uh, it's about the production quality. So I'm guessing that the the screen resolution could choose some work as well. Yes, that too. I mean, it's been in there a while. Um, it does the job, but it would be nice to have a couple newer ones and a couple larger ones. Ooh, I'm I am have a struggling on that not getting don't, fired part today. Yeah, man. that was about to say, don't get fired. I am struggling on that one. Was there anything else that uh, you learned from listening to Bobby on the Bearcat Sports Network? I think that was it, um, and it lined up right with uh, everything that I had heard going into that podcast. So definitely some positive momentum with football and some uh, some updates for some other sports that look to be positive as well. And um, a lot of this has gotten facilitated, at least on the football side, because of the $60 million bond that got approved a couple months ago. So now, now that you've got that, things can finally start to get moving on the football side. It's one thing to always ask for money. It, it helps when people start seeing that progress made off of that money. And so now that you're seeing some of those things and you know the rest are coming, it helps, right? It helps that positive outview, that positive outlook and positive view moving forward. That is very important. It's also important that we remind you that we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at March to the pod. It's all one word, March, the number two, the pod, and a little special hello to those of us, to those of us, (laughs) to those watching us. (laughs) <laughs> on Dave Campbell's YouTube page, Ben, the airs are they rack up, uh, you know. But also, I think it's also important to uh, to let people know that uh, I had my yearly review with Dave Campbell's, and they did not fire me. Uh, so unfortunately, that means the that people on. are stuck with me. But fortunately, that means you get to hear about your Bearcats some more. Yeah, and the show goes on. Thanks to Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All thanks to me, that show right. goes on, right? Yeah. I'm the one providing all of this. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll tell you, our friends over at Eternal Roofing, they do a good, a great job of providing high quality work, but they also do general contracting, not just roofing. They can paint the interior, exterior, home, or business. Install your gutters or garage doors, install floors, perform any woodworking need, crown molding, shelf, repair your sheetrock, and they are the choice, Ben, because we are in February, and it's time to start planning for those Christmas lights. They are the choice for that. They are, and I think if we keep mentioning it, there's actually going to be someone call about those Christmas lights. I really hope so. I mean, 10 months away, it's time. I, I would like, Taylor, if you're if you're listening and you want to so indulge me, because by no means would you need to, but it would be interesting to me to see if your Christmas lights installation increased this year. <laughs> and by how much, right? I'm sure it went through the roof. <laughs> That's right. Like, hey, if you got a large increase in your Christmas lights, Taylor, we need to talk, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good news, right? People are listening. Yeah. 
the holiday spirit is alive and well. It, in this podcast. It's oh uh, yeah, I've never been accused of holiday spirit. Uh, anyway, if you want to get a hold of our friends over at Eternal Roofing for whatever reason, and or go ahead and get on that schedule for next next Christmas because that schedule probably fills up pretty quick with not with the number of people calling them after listening to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss out and get on that schedule. Give them a call. I got a couple numbers for you. The first one is area code nine three six two one five eight five three nine, or area code two. 830-251-5673. That one again was 830-251-5673. And, and go to eternalroofingtx.com. Take a look at the website. You'll see a lot of great things from there. And you can also find the link to email Taylor there. And Or if you don't want to go find the link, whatever, I got you. Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. And uh, when you call to schedule your Christmas lights, let them know you heard Corey and Ben talking about it. I, you know, we we need to uh, we need to see if if this promotion of Christmas lights is helping him out. I mean, I think it might be the first podcast pushing Christmas lights in February. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's the first podcast that does a lot of weird stuff. Sometimes Ben gets things but, done though. It <laughs> It does it does get things done. And speaking of getting things done, the offseason is coming to a close for the Cats baseball team. Honors are pouring in in the preseason. Ben, what if I told you that concerns me, that they're getting so many accolades right now? I would tell you they didn't get enough. Walker Yannick didn't make a, uh, the preseason team. Okay, so hey, you want to find motivation? <laughs> hey, I just like to be the counter. No way! Hey, look, that's why I asked you that because they yeah. were, you know, he has Walker Yannick has picked up quite a few, rec- you know, some nominations for different things, some recognition. Uh, the the awards came out. There were uh, cats were picked fourth. They had four players named onto the All Conference USA team uh, as they get ready for this season, but. You're telling me, Ben, instead of having to go, you know, guys, pump the brakes, maybe we're not that good, you think that they're looking at this list and going, oh, oh yeah? Wait and see. Yeah, and I mean, just starting off with Walker Yannick not making it, I think that's a really big thing. I think Chandler David not making it is another thing. I mean, Liberty being picked ahead of you after having a losing record last season, I think is another thing. Um you just came off a conference title. You won a game in the regionals. Um, you, you were a game away from the tournament a couple of years ago also. I mean, uh, this league is right on par with pretty much where the whack is outside of Dallas Baptist. And so being picked fourth, I think, a uh, little bit of a chip on the shoulder. So um, I know I felt a little slighted. I'm sure the team did as, did as well. So maybe they'll use that as some motivation. Yeah, I mean, look, DBU of – they took, and by the way, I they I, it hasn't it takes a while for the these name changes, uh, like you know from Sam Houston State to Sam Houston and Tarleton State to Tarleton. It takes a while for like the sports things, the, the different channels to pick up on these. But Dallas Baptist no longer wants to be known as Baptist. They just want to be DBU, um, is what I keep hearing. Uh, but 
So that's what we'll call the Patriots there. We'll call them DBU. Yeah. They took all nine first place votes. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a surprise, man. That DBU's got a great baseball team. Corey, you know how preseason voting starts. There's nine teams in the league. How do they get nine first place votes? You can't vote for yourself. Well, I've never seen a team be able to vote for themselves. Hey, uh, no, they do. Um, famous story. UT Permian Basin, former head coach Justin Kerrigan, from the time that that he started their program, every single year they played in the Lone Star Conference on the on the poll for uh, media day. Their team had one first place vote. It was always Justin Kerrigan, their own head coach. Well, I guess I had never seen that before, though. Um, and, yeah, and then looking at who was second, I think in the preseason poll, Louisiana Tech, they had a losing record last year too. So. Well, Liberty was second. Law Tech was third. And this is where I could see this now, right? Like, I, I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, DBU, they're one. Yeah. That makes sense. Whatever. No problem. But Sam Houston made a regional final? Last, like, they, super regional? They lost two to nothing in a game to Oregon State that would have sent them to the regional final. That's what it was. They were right there. And you're going to put that team in fourth behind... Liberty and Law Tech that have what what kind of a baseball history? Seriously, like this is where you can. Uh, it, I want to know who votes on this. Is this media? Is this coaches? Because uh, if this is just like the conference coaches, they, they know better than that. Yeah, I think it is the coaches. I mean, that would be my assumption because uh, that's who votes for the first place team. So I'm assuming it's coaches. Wow. Uh, yeah, so Liberty was 27 and 31 last year, and Louisiana Tech was 28 and 31. They're not giving the Cats a lot of respect, but uh, I feel like they they should give them a little more than that. Uh, well, what? Okay, let me ask this. Let me ask it this way: Why? Why is why does it feel like the Cats are getting respect from a lot of places across the country, but not from Conference USA? I think it's because you. I mean, you lost a lot of big names on the offensive side from last year, and I think a lot of the names that are coming back that are going to contribute at a high level are kind of under the radar. Um, Easton Lloyd, he was a guy that kind of hit maybe second or maybe eighth or ninth in your lineup last year. He's going to hit 300, but he wasn't the big name. Not a lot of people know him. Uh, I know he made the preseason team, but not a lot of people know how good he is. Jake Tatum um, started the last 20, 25 games last year as a true freshman. Nobody really knew who he was before then. Um, he's going to be a star. Hit like 330, I think it was. Uh, you lose a lot of big names, but you bring back some under-the-radar names that are going to be really good. I mean, people know Walker Yannick, but um, those three, and then you added a couple really nice transfers as well. So I think just kind of losing the star power, um, you lose a Carlos Contreras, you lose a Tyler Davis, guys like that. Um, I think that might impact some of what people think of this team, but um, I think this team's going to be really good. So, too, and I, I think because when you do preseason polls, or at least when I do those, I tend to take a look at the program, how it traditionally performs. The Cats, are, it's not like the, last year was a one-off for Sam Houston, right? Like, let, let's face it. Let's go through a Conference USA baseball is not known as a powerhouse, right? It's going to get known a little more because of DBU and now Sam Houston in it. But there is... Outside of DBU, there's no other team in this conference that's going to host Oklahoma State in a three-game series. Oh, yeah. They yeah, ain't I mean, going there. 
even looking back at Louisiana Tech's schedule last year, I think they played Charlotte and Air Force and um, who, a couple other schools. I mean, the non-conference is nothing like what St. Houston plays traditionally. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't get those games. You don't get those teams, those Oklahoma States, coming to you unless they know that could help them come tournament selection and seeding time. Exactly, and I think that's kind of been the model for a while now, even since Coach Deggs was here. I mean, you're going to play Amon, you're going to play Texas, you're going to play Baylor, um, you're going to play DBU. We even played them when they were outside of the conference. Um, and it's going to be a, you're going to play U of H three times, so it's going to be a tough schedule, but it's going to get you ready for conference play, and that's what it's done um, for a while now. Okay, so what should we expect lineup-wise? Yeah, just kind of going around the diamond. I think Malachi Lott um, is going to slide in there. Him or Jeffrey David, they're they're going to be two of your starters out there in the outfield. Jeffrey David, a guy from New Mexico who hit over 300 last year at New Mexico, also has some pop, has some speed, can kind of do it all. Malachi Lott hit over 300 at U of H last year. He's going to slot in. Um, I think Jake Tatum's either going to play left or third. Not exactly sure there. Um, so that's kind of the outfield. Infield, you're going to have Easton Lloyd probably at second. At shortstop, it's looking like you're going to have true freshman Jace Martinez, who was a perfect game uh, all preseason um, selection on their uh, preseason team. So I'm really excited about him. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Not exactly sure where we're going to be at first or third. I think Hunter Autry could be a really good piece at first base. He showed some good things the last few years. And then, obviously, behind the plate, you've got Walker Yannick, um, who's maybe the best player in the league. And then you've also got Wes Foles, who has been an awesome backup catcher the last few years. So have a couple holes maybe on the corners in the infield. But besides that, I think the lineup looks really good going into this next year. It's a problem for Conference USA. They have the preseason player of the year is catcher Grant Jay. That's fine. But they also have him on the all-conference team. Why does he need both? I know you typically don't see that either. <laughs> right, you don't need that anyway. Yeah. So more the lineup, a good lineup. I think I, I like the way that one sounds. Uh, here comes the question: starting pitching and bullpen. Yeah, and and this is kind of the area that Sam Houston has struggled in a lot the last few years. It was kind of a team that was going to outslug you, win a lot of games, ten to eight. I think it could be somewhat of a role reversal this year. Um, you bring back Colton Atkinson. He was a preseason um, selection. He's been really good the last few years. Chandler David had an incredible year out of the bullpen last year. I think he's going to be really good. Um, you bring in Wyatt Tucker from A&M, who's going to be good. Um, a couple other names to look for, Marshall Wales. Um, he was really good at the end of last year, lefty starter. Uh, Michael Watson was the D3 National Pitcher of the Year. He could be a guy that could come in and contribute. Um, and then there, there's a couple other names. Miles Hellum showed some good things last year. Rome Schubert showed some good things last year. Logan Hewitt uh, throws really hard and was pretty good out of the bullpen. So um, I think you've got some options, and I think you're a lot deeper at the pitching position, both starting and relieving, than you have been the last few years. Okay. With that in mind, where do you pick the Cats? I would have picked a second. Um, we just went through the lineup. I think um, a top three of Atkinson, David, and Wales, or maybe Cold Iron or Hewitt, 
I think that's a legitimate starting rotation. I thought you brought in some really good pieces in the bullpen, like Wyatt Tucker um, and Michael Watson. So uh, the offense might take a slight step back. I think the pitching is going to take a big step forward. And so if we have a year like we did last year, there's no reason why you can't be the second-place team in the conference. Don't think we're going to overtake DBU, but I really like our chance to slide in there at second. Uh, yes, definitely. And I also want to give a word of warning to, to people who may not have followed college baseball extremely close. Uh, what you see from the pitching staff in February and March is not what you're going to see from the pitching staff. Typically, it's not the same play a lot of times, right? Like roles are going to get re- defined and refined and redefined and all those things throughout the course of the season. Uh, inevitably, most teams know they're one and two, they're Friday, Saturday guys. The Sunday, the midweek guys, uh, and in and in college baseball today, where you play so many games and the conference tournaments start on Tuesday and Wednesday, you need as many guys that can throw uh, four, five, six innings as possible. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing I'm looking for out of the pitching staff and kind of the biggest unknown for me is what do they do with Chandler David? Um, had a 2.3 ERA in 57 innings last year, um, was primary, primarily a reliever. But the last month of the season, we saw him throw five innings and two runs, four innings and one run, and then four innings and one run. Um, so, I mean, he showed that he can go out there and give you four or five innings. Um, and that's at the end of the season, too. So if you can stretch him out a little bit, um, I think he could be a really good number two, or you keep him in the bullpen, but that's the one thing I'm looking for on the pitching side. All right, sounds good. Is there anything else baseball? Yeah, uh, nothing too much, really. I mean, it's it's going to be an exciting start to the season, hosting Oklahoma State. I know they're in some people's top 25, so one of the best teams in the country coming to play at Sam Houston. Last time the two teams played Oklahoma State was, I think, number four in the country. And we beat them at Globe Life in, um, in Dallas. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really fun series to start the year. It, 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 look, I get I am a fair-weather baseball fan, but if that weather's nice that weekend, get out there and support your cats, definitely. Because, look, this is a team that has a chance uh, to make a big statement this year and make a run into the regionals. I, I just I feel that way, it, kind of from the outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've, they've proven they can do it. They did it last year. Um, I think they did it like four out of five years at one point when Coach Deggs was here. Um, so it's a program that's done it before, and I expect them to do it again. All right, Ben. Uh, you know, last last week we talked. You guys had had a fundraiser, or not a fundraiser, but a meet and greet a couple weeks ago. Any updates on the Cat Fund and what the Cat Fund is uh, is doing or got coming up here? Yeah, working on some baseball stuff. Um, Kind of a quiet season now with uh, football done, basketball done for the most part. Um, yeah, working on some baseball stuff, and uh, we'll see what else comes up. Yeah, just kind of in a fundraising stage. If you'd like to donate or become a part of Cat Fund, it's cat-fund.com. You can start as little as $10 a month, and all the money goes back to our athletes at St. Houston. It's a great way to get involved. So a little bit of a quiet season, but um, I'm sure we'll get picked up and, and rolling again here soon. It will. It will. You know, we're, I think some people are still trying to get out the spring, uh, to be quite honest with you, Ben, or out of the winter, right? Like the holidays, it takes a minute uh, to recover from. So I think they're trying to – and spring is 
it's playing with our emotions right now. Yeah, and speaking of spring, we've got spring ball coming up here soon. And I know last year we had practice reports from six or seven different spring practices, each scrimmage um, here. And there's going to be a spring game this year uh, that's going to be out there for the public. So, um, yeah, for all the closed practices, um, I should be there at some of them and writing up some reports on the Cat Fund exclusive page and breaking down everything that we're seeing from the team. So another good reason to get involved is to stay connected with what's going on in spring ball. Also important to mention that is back. Uh, the Cat Fund page, exclusive page on the catfans.com. That website now is back up and running, and I believe you guys are back uh, at full go. Yeah, and it's a lot more functional than the last site. The last one was a dinosaur. This one is uh, not as archaic. Well, that is nice. I, I haven't checked it out just yet. Uh, but now that you say that, I got to get over there because it just kind of reminded me that you guys have done that. And I got to get over there and check that out. Uh, hopefully, we're giving you a reminder as well to get your roof checked. Get it checked before you have a giant hole in it and you, you need repair. You can get that checked by our friends at Eternal Roofing. And listen, if they do work for you, they're going to do great work. They use certainty shingles known for how good they look and how long they last. They also specialize in commercial roofing. Eternal Roofing has the ability to accommodate your HVAC system, any other roof equipment you have, while ensuring minimal disruption to your operations during the installation or repair. And most importantly, we like to mention this every show, Taylor is a Sam Houston alum, and we like it when cats support cats so give them a call i give you a couple numbers here montgomery offices area code 936-215-8539 hill country is area code 830-251-5673 you can always email taylor at eternalroofingtx.com and visit eternalroofingtx.com they have a gallery there of past projects that is updated quite regularly give that a look and see the quality work you get from our friends at Eternal Roofing. We have never had a segment like we're about to do, Ben. We have never just thrown out and said miscellaneous. Now, rapid fire. Here's the question. Do you say miscellaneous or miscellaneous? Do you really put the, some on the C or no C? I'm a miscellaneous guy. You're, yeah, a lot of people are. I'm not. Yeah, That's, you're one of those guys, eh? I'm one of those guys. <laughs> Whatever the heck. It's probably because I was born before the 80s, you know? <laughs> Come on. I, I, I wasn't going to make an age joke this episode, Corey, <laughs> but you set yourself up. There you go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Speaking of setting myself up, I'm going to allow Ben so that I don't set myself up uh, to pronounce the name of the new strength and conditioning coach for the Bearcats. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I've known about this hire for a while, but I haven't asked this. And I was literally thinking before I got on, I was like, I should have asked uh, the staff how to say it. I'm going to say Schatz or Shat, Kevin Schatt, uh S-C-H-A-D-T. And I'm that's probably way off, but um, I'm going to go with Schatz, actually. It's, that's hilarious. Like, uh, I'm... I think a shot, shot either one, uh, I think would work. Kevin but S. also Kevin S. Yes. <laughs> but I, I looked up a phonetic spelling here, and it 
but it has like five of them. So any of those that any you of, mentioned could be right. Exactly. And I, I hate to do that because I really think it's a quality hire and then uh, it's a really good hire after losing. Oh, yeah. No, no. Hey, look. Uh, okay. Yes. We want to welcome him. And, and again, that is a great hire for multiple reasons. Number one, he did do a really good job for Dana Dimmel over there at UTEP, but He's had time at Kansas State and, you know, Little Big Apple, all that good stuff. But, Ben, there is one reason why I know that man is the right man for this job. Do you know why? He was at Army or Air Force. Is that why? Don't or. No no or needed, man. Army. 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 I'll give you another reason why it's a good hire. He he was with Keeler at Delaware for a little bit as well. I mean – so you've got that connection. Not not as good as the Army connection, but... It probably didn't hurt with Keeler, though, huh? Yeah, he was... Uh, I believe he was a GA, or it was his first assistant strength coach job in 07 with Keeler. And Keeler was there until 2012, so... Now, how did that How did that not get put in the story that they released? Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. And I, I even went and cross-checked myself. I was like, Keeler was there in 07, and Keeler was the coach of Delaware in 07. Yeah, because uh, Kevin, we'll call him until we ask him how to pronounce his name for us. Uh, he graduated from Delaware, uh, and he was the first assistant. He was hired as an assistant strength conditioning Joe coach, first job at Delaware in 07, earned a master's degree from Pittsburgh State, a good D2 school. He's got all the certifications, everything you need. Obviously, we see the connection to Keeler, and I got to tell you, Ben, I mean, looking at what he's done under at some of these places that he's been, I think you're going to see an improvement uh, from our, our cats. Yeah, and I think it, you had to make a right hire. I mean, after head coach and maybe your two coordinators, your strength coach might be your most important coach on the staff, and it's a guy that's done it at an Army, uh, which, I mean, they do things the right way there. He's got the connection to Keeler, was a part of some really good um, teams at Kansas State. Um, and then he's run his own program, so he's got experience doing it on his own at the FBS level, so we know he knows what it should look like. So I don't think you could have made a better hire when it comes to the strength and conditioning coach. I agree. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Who had the worst trip? Is it Corey, who took a trip to the doctor for – some minor condition and ended up getting stuck in each arm with COVID and flu, one in each, not not two in each at least. Or was it the men's basketball team that flew to Bowling Green and then Miami and then got stuck and didn't get home until Monday morning? I don't know, Ben. I'm a little – I, I got to lean towards myself on that. Yeah, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll give you, I don't think there were any uh, injuries or sicknesses that were obtained while at the Miami airport as far as I know. So And see, I, I probably you, got COVID. Like, I think I think they gave me COVID and flu, to be honest with you, Ben. Yeah, it, and I don't think any of that happened in Miami So or Bowling Green or Nashville and everything else in between on that road trip. So I think you get the upper hand, but it was not a fun travel. Is, um, is COVID vaccine even allowed in the state of Florida now? 
I don't know. But anyway, for those who didn't know, the men's basketball team got stuck in Miami for a few days. And Ben, what storms? Uh, I think the funniest one I saw from Carlos Zimmerman was the flight crew. Like it, it, it sounded like they had pulled out. And we're getting prepared to take off, and then the flight crew's like, oh, time's up. We can't go. Yeah, I think the flight was delayed to start with, and then they ran out of hours, and they're like, nope, we're not flying. (laughs) uh, FAA kind of overruled there, unfortunately. Man, I need a job with them kinds of restrictions, huh? (laughs) Would you get fired from one of those jobs? Oh, I get harder to get fired. Oh no, for it, dude. Look, it's not hard for me to get fired from anywhere. That's just the fact of the matter. Public, private, it don't matter. <laughs> but more importantly, the basketball team—that is actually, you know, that travel issue is not a good thing for multiple reasons. Number one, they go to Western Kentucky and Ben, they played a tremendous game and came out with a big road victory. They go to Miami. They play Florida International. They are up at halftime. They're looking good, and and honestly, the legs hit, right? Like the travel, everything caught up to them. Um, The second half didn't go well. The reason why that travel is so tough is now here they are. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown, a lot of anxiety, and they're missing valuable rest time as they get ready to go back on the road to Jacksonville State this week. Yeah, it's a brutal travel. I mean, I know they flew out and got to the arena a couple hours ago. Um, felt like feels like you were just in Miami, but yeah, winning on the road is really hard. And just kind of a recap recap of that trip: you fly into Nashville on Wednesday night, you drive an hour to Bowling Green, um, you play there. Obviously, a huge game. I mean, it took a lot out of them. You can tell. Um, and it was an eight o'clock game too, so you don't finish until ten ten thirty. I think they flew out first thing out of Nashville, so it's another drive back to Nashville. Get into Miami, have a 2 o'clock game the next day, so it's, what, a 40-hour turnaround? Um, and then you got to play FIU, and uh, I think in the second half we saw the uh, how tired they were, especially without Jaden Ray. I saw um, David Barnes, who's been the primary ball handler since Ray um, has been out. He's played 37-plus minutes in four of the last five games, and so – um, that's brutal. And so you have Jacksonville State on the road Thursday, um, and then you've got uh, a couple games at home. I know you come back home um, for, for Thursday. Or you don't have a, a Saturday game, which is nice, and then you've got two at home the next week. So get about a week off, and then you get two at home. So things are about to get a little easier. That's what I was going to say. I, I mean, yeah, this road trip is tough. If they can go win this one at Jacksonville State – it would have been we, – we said last week two wins on this road trip would be tremendous. Um, now two wins is real possibility, not the way we thought it would be. But getting that win at Jacksonville State would be huge. Then you come home, you have almost a full week off, then you meet Florida International. And I don't think the Panthers are going to want to see what the Bearcats are ready to bring them on that one after giving away a double-digit lead in the second half. Yeah, they're going to be fresh after – off a week break, Jaden Ray should be back. Not sure if he'll be back tomorrow um, against Jacksonville State, but he should be at full strength then, have a week off. And uh, St. Houston's a good, good home team and going to be looking for some revenge. So I don't think that one's going to be very pretty. 
Yes. All right. Women's basketball. What are we? What are they looking at? Yeah, finally got that first uh, that first conference win, which I think it was really good to get the monkey off your back. There were two or three games, especially at the beginning of conference play, where it could have gone either way and it just didn't go your way. And uh, finally got one that they've been battling some injuries. I think they were down to seven players um, against Western Kentucky, and then I think two of those fouled out, so you were down to five for the overtime period, but you found a way to get it done. So it's been a struggle. It's been a rough year, but it was really good to see them fight through the, some adversity get a win against Western Kentucky, and then you played an FIU team that was at the top of the league and um, I think took them to overtime or down to the wire on Saturday as well. And so um, maybe starting to turn a corner a little bit. So it's good to see a win, good to see them competing against some of the top teams in the league, and hopefully you can pick up some more wins these next couple of weeks. Awesome. Hey, we are two days, two days less. We're recording this on Wednesday night. We are less. We're about a day away now, day and a half plus from – Softball, February 9th, the Bearcat Classic begins at the Bearcat Softball Complex. 3.30 Friday, 6 o'clock Friday night. Saturday, 1 and 6, they're going to be playing Wichita State. Do they call themselves the Shockers or Lady Shockers? Also, you've got UNLV for each of those games, and they're going to close out the Classic on Sunday at 1 o'clock against the hated Lumberjacks from Nacogdoches. Uh, ben, this it could be a really important weekend for us, the softball team. Yeah, really interested to kind of see what the team looks like. I know we talked last week they're returning almost everything offensively. Um, very interested to see what the pitching looks like outside of Darren Graham. So uh, it's going to be fun. Five games, it's, it's a lot to start the year, but I think we're going to get a good feel for where this team's at. And um, anytime you can beat SFA or have the chance to beat SFA, it's going to be a fun one. So. We'll see what happens, but yeah, five games right off the bat. Hey, let's go. Put it in the veins. Let's get going. Uh, watching those games, see those games. I'm not sure if they're going to – it doesn't look like they're going to be streamed, uh, but eventually we'll get to see some of the cats. But if you're in Huntsville, get out there and watch them watch them play. And, and Ben, if five years ago, if you would have told me the last topic we would have covered to in this show – would be National Signing Day. I would have called you crazy. But because of early signing day and how well the Cats did getting everybody early, National Signing Day was a little less glorified, if you will. I mean, there really isn't a whole lot to talk about signing day with the Cats. Yeah, nothing too much, really. Um, the four people that or the four guys that announced it signed were people we've already discussed. And so... Nothing too much there. I know there are still a couple spots they're looking to fill in the spring, uh, during the spring transfer portal window um, in April. So we'll see what they pick up there. Um, Casey Keeler and Clayton Barnes, their signing day special video actually just released, and so I'm going to listen to that after we get off here. So that's a good recap of each of the guys they signed in the December period and the February signing day period. So, yeah, really nothing much, but I think it was 16 total for this class. And uh, – we get a good look at uh, all the transfers in, in spring ball. I know uh, Josiah Stevens, the D-lineman from Willis, is an early enrollee, so we'll see some of him then. So we'll get to see some of these guys a little bit in the spring, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Just gave me homework to go listen to Keeler. Good Lord, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Got to go listen to the, to the head man talk, right? Got to go find out information. Got to go. Got to go hear more about football, man. I'm tired of that football thing. Right? Oh, could you imagine if all you did was talk about 
football and basketball and oh, sports. What a tough life. Yeah. Better not get fired. Well, <laughs> again, always, every day I wake up, there's a chance. For all of us, but a little bit more for Corey. <laughs> it, it's fun. It, 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 I do find it hubris a little bit because – Yes. Do I think I'm actually – no, but at the same time, I have always had that when it comes to review of, oh, I'm about to get fired. And and before I got full-time, it was, oh, Tepper's not going to give me a contract this year for the, the, you know, the freelance. And if it got to, you know, middle of February and I hadn't heard from Tepper yet, I was sure. I was sure it was over, right? So uh, – here we go, year seven running. Corey gets to keep going, and uh, some of us, probably my wife, is most thankful, not just so that she gets me out of her hair. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure my wife would be upset if I came home without a job as well. That'd be the the biggest concern. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that, that would be a concern. <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we go, Ben? I think that was a great miscellaneous segment, and. We'll have to do it again sometime. It was so, so miscellaneous. <laughs> I'm going to overdo it now. It, it was so random that uh, you learned things you didn't want to know about me. How about that? I feel like I do every week. I, I feel like my therapist does as well. We want to say thank you, Ben, for, for this. It's always fun. And thank you to you who are listening and watching us. Without you... None of this craziness is even possible. Until next time, uh, Ben, we need better trips, better trips to the doctor and better flights this week. Help us out. Yeah, seven games this weekend. Let's go 7-0. and Let's go undefeated.